0: I'm Samantha. Hi, I'm Sarah. And And we we are are the the Doom Doom Crew. (laughs) Damn you. This week, I'm going to talk about
1: a disappearance. And I'm going to talk about a predator. We'll jump right into it. But first, um, trigger warning on my case is it does involve a child. If you cannot listen to that, completely understandable. Your mental health comes first. And feel free to skip my part and jump to Samantha's. Yeah, thanks. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, so I'm going to talk about
0: Cherish Lily Periwinkle. Okay, I can't wait to hear this because I feel like you've been talking about this case for a couple weeks now.
1: Yeah, it's been causing me anxiety, if you want oh the my truth. God. Okay, so I'm Cherish bloody. was born on December 24th. She's Christmas Eve, baby. Aww. December 24th, 2004, in Jacksonville, Florida. Her parents are Rain Periwinkle and Barry Jarreau. They had a one-night stand. Periwinkle did not even tell... Billy, that she was pregnant or having a kid until Cherish was already three years old, and she took him to court for
0: child support, sued him oh. for child support. Oh, that's a way to find out. Yeah. Uh. Okay.
1: So, Billy wanted to be a dad. Mm-hmm. He actually did want to be a dad. Okay. He uh took it to the court and everything. CPS was called to, like, observe how both of them parented. Billy... Didn't have the same bond with Cherish because he didn't see her for the first three years of her fucking life. Sure, and Rain they noted seemed to become neglectful when her boyfriend was around. Oh, okay. And Billy was more financially stable. He had a job. He was he had a more stable place for Cherish to be. And the court sided with Rain because she was the mother and because they already had that bond. Yeah, even though the CPS worker didn't agree with that. He yeah. said, like, she should go with Billy. He's the stable one. But mm. They didn't. Okay. But we're not here to parent shame. Right. Anyways. Right. Ray ended up having two other children. And so Cherish was the oldest sister. On June 21st, 2013, Cherish, her mom, and her sisters went shopping at a Dollar General. Um, the girls were asking for some clothes that their mom couldn't afford. Um, a good Samaritan saw them and said, hey, me and my wife have a $150 gift card to Walmart. If you guys want to come with me. I can take you to Walmart and you guys can use our gift card for clothes. Oh. Oh. But they have to ride in his van because they don't have a car.
0: Oh, sure. That's fine. Okay.
1: Um, Okay. There was actually like a... I don't like
0: any of this right now.
1: Yeah. There was an interaction in the parking lot. I'm not quite sure what happened, but it seemed as though Rain was a little uncomfortable with them all riding in the van, but ended up getting in anyways with her girls.
0: I mean, $150 for clothes for your kids. Like, if she's in a tough situation... That might be pretty hard to say no to. I don't, I don't know. know. That's.
1: It's hard. It's yeah. a, It's a hard
0: spot to be. Yeah. Um, and you never know what you would do in that situation. Like, I don't know.
1: Either way, they went. Um, they were shopping for a couple hours, hour and a half to a couple hours. This was at night. And the good Samaritan, his name is Donald
0: Smith. Um, sure. Yeah. Every good guy I've ever known is named Donald Smith. I know know, a lot of Donalds out there. I do actually have a cousin named Donald. (laughs) (laughs) You're a dick. I think he just goes by Donnie, though. Oh, okay. Well, he went
1: by Don, but neither here nor there. Right. None of that mattered. While they were shopping at at this Walmart in uh, Jacksonville, they have a, a McDonald's at the front of the Walmart. He said, hey, I'll go up to McDonald's and get us all burgers. And Cherish followed him to go with him. I don't really know... If he asked for her to come. Yeah. But she went. Um, How
0: old was Cherish at that point, sorry?
1: Eight. Eight. She was eight. Yeah, okay. it was in 2013. So she was eight.
0: Yeah. She followed him. After
1: 30 minutes, rain went up to
0: the front and realized that the McDonald's was actually closed. It was 1030 at night. Oh, The McDonald's was not open. Can you imagine the feeling in your... I think your heart would just fall to your stomach.
1: Yes. Her 911 call is very sad. She says... Um, that he was that he paid too much attention to Cherish, but she didn't she didn't really say anything. That he wanted to buy Cherish high heels that were for women. No. Yeah. No. Um no, she's she's eight. She said he's going to rape her. What? Yeah, she said she, that. She said that. She said he's going to rape her. Please don't kill her. Don't have me be that parent. Oh, so the police came. Uh, and they wouldn't report the Amber Alert for to the media for six hours. Uh, ten hours after she disappeared, they found her body. Oh, my God. She um, had been sexually assaulted and strangled. Oh, my God. This morning, they did arrest Donald Smith in his van. Before the Amber Alert, there was mm-hmm. a call reporting a creepy van parked by a church. Maybe if there had been an Amber Alert, it would have been taken seriously. Yeah, and Jesus. They would have found her before.
0: Yeah, um, she it's may have
1: thought that she was restrained in the van, assaulted in the van, and murdered in the van, and then disposed mm-hmm. of behind a church, because the church called the following morning and they had found her.
0: When they found her, so did they know? Like, if the Amber Alert would have gone out, would they she didn't still have, have any, been alive. They didn't have any specifics on that. No. Okay. No. I want to think yes. You want to think yes,
1: but. You never know, but my God. Later, I'll talk about a conversation he had with his mom that makes you think no. Let me tell you a little bit about Donald Smith, this giant piece of shit, okay. and how the system has failed all children based on this man.
0: Whew. Okay, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm not
1: ready, but you know. He was born on September 4th, 1956. Uh, his parents... A Virgo. His dad died when he was younger, and his mom relied on him more than most mothers rely on their sons. Not in a... Creepy way, but like in a like financially companion, no oh. companion way. Oh, because okay. she didn't have a husband, she didn't have that, so she com- had a different kind of companionship with her
0: son. Okay, kind of like a like de facto a partner. Yeah, like thing, but not
1: like, on.
0: You want to say not creepy, but that's not not creepy. Yeah, exactly. Even if like, it isn't a physical relationship. Yeah, it was an, an emotional attachment. Ugh.
1: He had a brain injury when he was young. Frontal brain trauma. Great. This is going great places. We all know. He's an amazing man. He was sexually abused by uh city neighborhood kids. So yeah, he didn't have the greatest childhood. His mom loved him a lot. And she defended defends him to this day. I don't know if she's still alive, but she was alive in 2013. She was still defending him. So mm. doesn't believe that her son could do this. His semen was in her and trigger I warning again. Clenched, her just... vagina, her anus, and her mouth. Oh my god! This baby. Girl. So, that's kind of like fuck his mom. Like I'm sorry, fuck his mom. Wow,
0: that's it's just yeah. Ugh. So
1: I can't with that. He was arrested in at the age of 21 for a sexual offense. He was then arrested 21 days after he was released. Uh huh. For trying, for trying to kidnap, kidnap a the 13-year-old, 13-year-old girl. Wow. Okay. Um. This girl, he tried to get her to go into his car. She refused. She ran to a friend's house. The friend was not home. So then he's after her, chasing her. So then she runs to a park. He's in his car, chasing her. She hid in a slide, like oh attached God. herself in one of those tunnel slides. You know how you like put yeah. your feet in your arms? Oh, and yeah. Held herself there for what probably felt like forever for her. Fucking smart. He didn't find her. But she did go home. She did report it. They called the cops. Holy fuck. Their mom and her saw him the next day by their house.
0: The mom and the 13-year-old girl? Okay. And they called the cops and he was arrested. Okay, so it's 22 days after he's gotten out of prison. He's back... Or in jail, whatever. He's now back in custody for a second type of offense that feels, I don't know, pretty fucking risky and... Can I just take a gander at what he might get for jail time?
1: I don't actually have that jail time. Oh! I don't. I couldn't find it. Damn! But I can tell you that he was released, and then in 1992, he was arrested for trying to lure two teenage girls into his car. How old would he have
0: been in 92?
1: He was born in 56.
0: Oh, shit. So way later. Yeah. Okay.
1: Before he was released for that, it was recommended for a civil commitment, what that is, and I had never heard of this before, but yeah. what that is, is that um, he couldn't be released until he was quote-unquote cured, but it fell through the judicial sh- cracks. Cured of what? Pedophilia. It's always, oh, it's they, yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. We're moving on past that. Yeah. Mm-hmm, that's, that makes sense. And like I said, shocker, it fell through the cracks. Yeah. In 1999... Right before release, he was flagged as likely to be re-offend and be extremely dangerous in the future. And only 1%, 1% of all predators and sex offenders get such a recommendation. 1%.
0: I feel like that number should be higher.
1: I, well, I agree.
0: But But also, only 1% get that, and he did.
1: Yeah, what? and then he was sent to a civil commitment facility after he was released. But in order to keep someone there, a jury has to unanimously vote to have them be forced to be in such a facility until, like I said, cured. But for some reason, the jury never saw his case. So he did some treatment,
0: but he was released in 2002. Oh, my God. In 2003. This isn't even that long ago when, like, this is how it worked. And potentially still still does. does. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially, this is exactly how it works now. Um, Oh, fuck.
1: He was arrested for a non-sex crime in 2003 for two and a half years. Something about selling something. I don't know. I didn't do too much research into that. He's just a giant piece of shit. Yeah. After two and a half years there, he was arrested again. I'm not done with this piece of shit. He was arrested again in 2009. And get this, okay? It's for posing as a Department of Children and Families Worker. To make an obscene call to a young child. (gasps) So he called this family and he pretended to be a worker saying that charges have been filed claiming that this girl was abused. And he needed to talk to her over the phone. Over the phone, he asked her inappropriate questions about, like, I think her bra or something. It was very uncomfortable. He then asked to meet. The parents did not show up. But the police did. And he was arrested. But wait—he pled to a guilty to a misdemeanor charge. He only served 14 months for doing this because it was a misdemeanor and it wasn't a felony. He wasn't reevaluated as an offender. My God. Okay. And then 2013, shortly after he was released because he was in 2009, served so 14 months,
0: and he met her and murdered her the same same day. day. Same day. He okay.
1: Uh, so he met her at a um. Like I said, at the Dollar General
0: and then took her in his van to Walmart and... with her mom and siblings. And then when they went up to go get hamburgers, he took her.
1: Yes. Yeah, so the last video shown of her was at 1039 at Walmart video footage of her leaving Walmart with him.
0: During the trial,
1: the girl that, that tr- he tried to abduct at 13, mm-hmm. as obviously now an adult, came on the stand. She was crying, explaining her experience. And I just can't imagine that fear. hiding in a
0: slide for your life because hiding and feeling safe to me is like curling up in a ball but to be in that slide you have to leave yourself vulnerable you have to spread your limbs like to me just the physicality of it is terrifying like if I'm scared I want to be in a ball probably a weird thing to consider but that's where I'm at
1: no I get it I get it it's your you you want to be fetal position yourself yeah you
0: can't protect
1: During the child, the medical examiner did ask for a five-minute break because she started to cry when talking about the condition that she found. Oh, my God. And once again, another trigger warning. That's a medical professional. The skin was gone from her neck from how hard he had strangled her with a T-shirt. She was brutalized. This little baby. It pisses me off. Sorry, it gives me anxiety. It makes me so angry. This is why I've been talking about it because everything is
0: clenching. Everything on me is clenching. Like if it can, it is.
1: The defense asked jurors to think with facts and not emotions, but the jurors saw the photos
0: Um, of her body. Also, the facts are also bad. Are you? Well, here are the facts. Like. I won't repeat them all because, like, Jesus fucking Christ. But I'm sorry. The facts alone. That's why I'm giving so many trigger warnings
1: on this. Because this is the most disturbing case I've ever heard. 2 psychiatrists came up and talked about his brain injury and talked about how it impacts his impulses, his immediate impulses. So not Uh saying he doesn't know right from wrong. You You had had to do a lot of things. It was not just a boom
0: thing. You had a whole scheme. That wasn't just a sudden like, oh, maybe this is what I should do tonight. Hold, please. Mm -hmm. When you were telling me about the guy approaching them in Dollar General, didn't you say it was a man and his wife? He lied. He said his wife was like out in the car. He said like his wife had a gift card. They had a gift card. I think he said his
1: wife would meet them at Walmart or something.
0: Oh. So he was just full of... Oh, my God. Yeah, he
1: lied to lure in because a woman is more likely to trust a woman. Yep. Women don't naturally trust men. not always true. It's not. There's lots of cases. We'll talk about some at another time. Lots of people are sus. Where women are involved. Lots of people are sus. The jurors had to hear. The prosecution had a tape, a secret jailhouse tape, where Mm -hmm. you can hear Donald talking about children to another inmate. He said... Do you see that there? She's gotta be twelve or thirteen, that's my prime age. I wish I would have met her at Walmart. Shut the fuck up. Nope. And then oh previously God. mentioned his mom. Yeah. In jailhouse videos, he blames Cherish for her murder. How? That- he schemes with his mother to make a fake mental illness and gloats about the rank among the world's most notorious criminals. All of this while he's got secret jailhouse videos. First, he boasts about the rape and the murder charges that he faces. He says it's probably one of the most explosive cases that's ever come out of Jacksonville. This is bigger than that. This is bigger than all of that. This has got every major component in the system. You have kidnapping. You have death. You have rape of a child. This is explosive material to the max. Casey Anthony didn't have all of that.
0: How fucking sick.
1: Yeah, and he tells his mom that uh, he knew he was fucked as soon as she got into the van, so he had to kill her. Don, you got an eight-year-old in your van. They'll never believe what you say. The girl had to go. He asked his mom to buy him a uh, a guide to mental disorders so he knew how to act mentally ill. He said they had to be careful how they express themselves. This communication he was having with his mom, Mm -hmm. they either did it by whispering or using sign language because his mom worked as a sign language interpreter.
0: So that, like... The people around him didn't know what was going on.
1: Yeah, he even acknowledged that even if he got off as mentally ill, Mm -hmm. he still wasn't going home. But a psychiatric ward was better than staying there because he would be treated like a human. He said he was worried about going to prison because I'd rather go to death row because I'm going to die anyway. Prison is going to kill me. At least on death row, they just give me a shot and I'll just go to sleep. I'll never know in prison when it's coming. It's going to be violent violent and i may not even die i could be crippled have my eye poked out or raped
0: oh no yeah wham 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 mr crybaby go fuck yourself so his mom did ask him
1: how how do you make it with an eight-year-old like basically how are you attracted to an eight-year-old how do you have sex with an eight-year-old yeah she fights for his defense but she knows he did it so she asked him yeah Do you want to hear his disgusting fucking answer?
0: I don't know if I do. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to plug my ears so everyone else can listen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She's just kidding, by the way, but she is sitting very sadly. You can't see her, but I can. And he said, I don't view children as sexual objects or sexual partners. Could it have happened the way they said? Yes, it could have. It could have. Because rape is not a sex act. It's violence. It's a violent act. Exposing yourself is sex. Touching, that's sex. Rape, that's not about sex. It's about violence. At that point, I was so psychotic. I was so extremely violent. So this piece of shit. Anyways, did get sentenced. He's on death row. He tried to appeal with the Supreme Court. They refused to hear his case. Seems to be like the only time I agree with the Supreme Court this year. Great. As of now, he is still alive in the penitentiary, I did not find his new date of death since the appeal just happened at the end of last year. Now that we all want to bleach our ears and our eyes and mm-hmm. our brains. Yeah. Um, um. I told you it was about a predator. It's a terrible case. It yeah. gave me anxiety for weeks because I of this know. piece of shit. I want you to be brutalized. I'm very angry at this man. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's
0: just so <gasps> upsetting.
1: She's a baby. She didn't deserve this life. No. Beginning of her life wasn't great i mean it wasn't terrible it was hard on its own parents loved her obviously they fought for custody because they loved her she needs to be remembered for being a gorgeous little girl yeah who had a cute little name cherished periwinkle fuck that piece of shit donald smith
0: all right i'm gonna tell you about a disappearance so my source for this is one TV show. One single TV show. I just saw an episode last night and I was like, oh, cool. This is like 42, 43 minutes long. That's perfect. I'll just take a couple quick pages of notes on this and um, I'll have a cool story probably. Eight and a half pages
1: later. Eight and a half
0: pages (laughs) of notes. Everything felt important. (laughs) I watched um, Beyond the Headlines, the Jennifer Dulo story on Hulu. It was so much more interesting than I thought it was going to be. I just thought it was going to be a pretty basic not basic disappearance, but like it was going to be like disappeared, found body, court sentencing, you know, like that's just kind of the routine I thought it was going to follow. That is not what happens here. So I'm excited to tell you about Jennifer Doulos and her estranged husband, Fotis Doulos. Okay. Fotis is Greek. Um, He was raised in Greece, but he uh, went to college in the U.S., he went to Brown and Columbia he met Jennifer uh, when she was Jennifer Farber and they met like the in the documentary they said like the very first week that they were on campus they ran into each other at Brown and so then they're both very smart <laughs> well according to Jennifer's friend later on he doesn't think that Fotis is smart but I'll get into that guy because he was an interesting person also But yeah, so they met at Brown like the first week and then like parted ways, didn't see each other again. After Jennifer went to Brown, she wanted to like strike out on her own and get away from everything she'd known like out east in New York City and she moved to Denver with her puppy. And Jennifer was a blogger and like journaled a lot, so between her blog and her journals... Um, We have a lot of information about, you know, what she was feeling at different times in her life and different fears she would have later on. But when she moved to Denver, they saw each other twice at the airport in 2003. And Jen said that's when serendipity cast its spell. That's cute. Yeah. So she was super excited to, like, spend time with him. She was just super excited that she was having you know, attention from this guy that she had liked all the way since back in Brown. When they were running into each other in the airport, Fotis was actually still married to his first wife, Hillary. July of 2004, Fotis divorces Hillary. Six weeks later, he marries Jennifer. Okay, so they were having an affair. Uh, Yes, 100%. Um, At least that's what it looks like. They didn't call that out, but that's what it looks like. I mean, six weeks is really quick to marry someone if you're not already intimate. But, like, they apparently felt like they were soulmates and just, like, meant to be. Yeah, like, meant to be together. Which is super funny because Fotis later has those same type of feelings for another lady. But we'll get there. Jennifer and Fotis actually moved out to Connecticut from New York City. So they moved to Connecticut because Fotis started a business where he was building um, these, like, multi-million dollar homes like oh, we're talking like one two three million not like you know 15 25 but so That's st- still still a lot still of money very expensive homes but not like ultra rich hamptons type shit okay um so we're talking not spellings we're talking more like right <laughs> okay. not spellings not martha stewart and not even like taylor swift's mansion in rhode island not that more like you know the houses in the neighborhood across the street okay probably whatever In any case, um, they moved to to Connecticut and Jennifer was thrilled about like having the American dream of like a yard, a big home, filling it with children. Like she had always had this idea when she was in Colorado. She really wanted to be, um, she wanted to build a nuclear family. So she wanted children around her and to really build that system. And she was getting kind of... Sad when it wasn't really happening with people, and then Fotis came along. So that, that's kind of, her friend recounted that she had always been very family-centric and really wanted kids. So Fotis and Jennifer, the first time that Jennifer was pregnant, it was twins. And so they were like, hot dang, this is super exciting, let's do that again. And in close succession, they have another set of twins. No, thank you. And
1: then No.
0: Yeah, I know. At this point I'd be like, no more pregnancies. Apparently I'm on duplicate mode. (laughs) (laughs) Like we just just gotta reset up
1: multiples.
0: Yeah, we gotta do the reset, the big sleep at the end of time, and then it'll start over and maybe do something else in the next life. But no, no (laughs) more. They had a third pregnancy and just a single baby came out of that one. So I'm sure they were fucking thrilled because I know they live in Connecticut and they're building nice ass houses. But it wasn't like they had, like, a shit ton of money. They were well off, for sure. One of Jennifer's friends recalled that Fotis borrowed money often from Jennifer's dad. Jennifer came from money. Basically, her dad was the the first vice president of Chase Manhattan Bank. Oh, damn. Yeah, right? So, like, big money. He was a self-made man. She grew up in Brooklyn Heights. Like I said, she went to Brown. An old friend that they had interviewed for this um, described her as a wonderful contradiction, said she was graceful and yet awkward, both physically and socially at times, and said that she was just, like, one of their most insightful friends they'd ever had. And I just thought That's that cute. was so sweet, right? It's like, right to describe someone. Yeah. It's not, they light up a room, but it's, it's not really it's describing. It's real. Yeah. Keep that in mind if I ever disappear. Uh, listen, you have never once lit up a room. Never. No, I'm not lighting up shit. No, you're like taking lights out. You're the deluminator. <laughs> I'm the dude! You're the deluminator! Ooh, I like that, deluminator. Yes, that okay. is pretty sick. Okay, so you're the deluminator. is set forever. So, okay, so they have this really nice life going on. All of those children also happened within the span of four and a half years. <gasps> Five children in four and a half years. <clears throat> Bananas. I have one. I'm good. Right? So they got married in 2004, um, and then in 2019, May 24th of 2019, at 8 o'clock in the morning, Jennifer drops her children off at the New Canaan, Connecticut Country School. That just sounds fancy. It does, right? Like, I was just thinking, like, literally they said the name of that school. I was writing it down, and I was like, how much is tuition a year for, like, each child? And they have... Because, like, at this point, if they had them soon, let's say, presumably, they had them, those children, within the first six years of their marriage. They're born by 2010. Those children are all at least nine years old at this point, right? Like, yeah. they're, they're going to real, like, expensive school, especially for Connecticut. That's my imagination, but... Yeah, you know they're not sending them to public. Probably like, not. I'm going to send my kid. Do you think there even is a public school? yeah. In Connecticut? I just feel like they're all private. They're going to have public schools in Connecticut. It's just so fancy. I've never been. <laughs> <laughs> you just assume the yes. whole state I'm is like. I'm like, Connecticut can't possibly have public schools because yeah. they're too fancy. Anyways, so what? whatever. 8 o'clock. I know that was the dumbest thing I've probably ever said. Please don't come for me. Okay. Um. So then at 8.05 a.m., she is last seen at home driving into her garage. Okay. Her home is at 69 Wells Lane in New Canaan, Connecticut. And this house is huge. I haven't looked at the pictures um, like you're doing right now, but um, Um, I am looking at it. I saw it on the show. How nice. And um, we live in hovels. We live in hovels. (laughs) We
1: might as well live in hobbit holes. But hobbit holes are kind of cool. I mean, they are cool, but they're not this cool. Probably not.
0: So, yeah, so... It's for sale. She... Oh. No, that was 2019. I oh. like... Take it back. Oh, that was... Well, 2019, because this happened in 2019. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's November so bad. 2019. No, yeah, this happened
1: it. in May. Well, I mean... They waited to... seven months before they listed it for $1.6 million. Wow. Okay. Was... Anyways, go
0: ahead. Okay. Um, so she was last seen driving into her garage at 8 5 a.m. Throughout the day, so Jennifer's nanny took kids to dentist appointments in New York City. I don't know how many of the children, if it was all of them, if it was two of them, four or five. No clue. So Jennifer's nanny took the kids to the dentist in New York City, and Jennifer was supposed to meet them. She didn't show up to the dentist appointments. So the nanny texted... Jennifer's friend and just said, hey, I haven't been able to get a hold of Jennifer and she didn't show up to the dentist appointments. Have you talked to her today? And the friend was like, Um, actually, no, I haven't talked to her today. Um, and so then the nanny called the police. Uh, what had happened was that she and Fotis didn't live together anymore.
1: Oh, okay. I was like, why didn't she call... Correct, right?
0: Because you would think that... Husband. Baby daddy, husband. Yes. The reason she didn't call Fotis is because Jennifer had actually moved out from Fotis in 2017. So on June 19th of 2017, Jennifer took the kids and I guess told Fotis that they were going into the city, but actually they were moving out and moving into their new home. The home on Wells,
1: or different yes, home. the okay. home on Wells. Yes. Okay. So
0: that that one is in New Canaan, Connecticut before and Fotus still at the time in 2019 lived in Farmington, Connecticut. Okay. So it, it appears to be a few hours away, like two to three hours based on some travel times they quote later. So it's a couple hours away, but, um, called 911 on that day because he was, he basically said like, my wife took the kids into the city and they haven't returned because she just told him that she was taking the kids into the city and they just didn't come back. Like, she just took them and left. So, um... Depends on the situation. Yeah. So, all the kids were over there. The reason for moving out is because, um... Fotis had, uh... started having some red flags. When he would get frustrated and upset, he would, like, unload verbally at Jennifer. Like, just screaming and yelling at her for... The friend said, minutes at a time. Like, I can't stand if someone yells at me for five seconds. I'll cry. Um, so I can't imagine getting screamed at for that long. Like, I I would be a ball on the floor. Like, couldn't handle it. He was emotionally, verbally, and psychologically abusive to Jennifer. And they never mentioned whether he did that to the children. So I do not know if but he... But being doing that in front of the children is enough to be abusive. Right. For yeah. sure photos started traveling more which felt odd to me because as i mentioned he builds homes and like i just assumed i mean i guess yeah you can build homes anywhere but it just kind of sounded like he was building homes like fairly locally from the sounds of things and so he had a side piece what you're saying yes he absolutely did jennifer initially was staying for the kids but eventually she thought that he was cheating so she left the side piece was what? she was not wrong uh, Fotis yeah. started seeing a woman named Michelle Traconis and um, they both, this is the woman that he says, just really completed his life. Okay. Mm, okay. Um, they both really liked water skiing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She competed in competitions around the world, and Fotis made those competitions a major part of his life, said the documentary. Oh, so that's why he was leaving. Yeah, yeah. So he was just like globe trotting with his father-in-law's money to see his side piece. Well his wife stayed at home taking care of their five kids. Just you wait. Jennifer wanted to file for divorce. Fotis refused. Of course he did. He wanted Jennifer to care for their children while he and Michelle, who has her own child, become their own little family. I mean But not... he wanted to
1: say but he wanted to stay married? Correct.
0: Fuck off, sir. <laughs> Correct fuck off. Yep. Um, Jennifer at some point learned that Fotis had acquired a gun. Oh. She did not know why necessarily. Um, it scared her though that potentially her children could be in danger because there was a gun in the house. So she made a plan to take the children and leave, um, to safely be able to file for divorce. That's when she moved to New Canaan. That's why she moved to New Canaan. So back to the day of, Jennifer's nanny called the police. At six fifty-nine p.m., so the last time she was seen alive was eight a.m. At six fifty-nine p.m., police search Jennifer's home, and they find evidence of a physical assault in the garage. There are blood stains, spatter, and evidence of a cleanup attempt. At eight ten p.m., they locate Jennifer's Chevy Suburban. Um, it is backed up against a tree. It is in reverse. And it's near Waveney Park, still in Connecticut. There's no keys in the car, and there's an apparent, as they said, blood like substance on the whole passenger side of the vehicle. Suspicious. Just a little, just a little suspicious. So,
1: a strange husband,
0: definitely. Well, that's where I'm going. It's always my guess. They said at this point, they knew foul play was obviously suspected. <laughs> Shout out! They didn't say that. <laughs> yes, they did. It's what I wrote down. <laughs> Foul play, obviously suspected. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. All right. So they found the car. They talked to the nanny. The nanny confirmed that Fotis was physically threatening to Jennifer at times. Um, she had witnessed an event where Fotis like chased Jennifer down the hallway. Um, and, like, Jennifer was obviously, like, in terror. It wasn't, like, chasing each other for fun, like, you know, some cutesy whatever. When Jennifer filed for divorce, she also filed for a restraining order. She was denied that restraining order because she had no proof of physical abuse. The divorce case went on for a long time. Um, The kids were not allowed to be around Michelle, who was Fotis's new girlfriend, remember? Fotis... Broke that agreement um, and asked his kids to lie about seeing Michelle. So, like, he did bring his kids around Michelle and then asked his kids to lie to their mother about it. Mm, that's um That's the best. Yeah. So, uh, right here, what I wrote was, don't be fucking stupid. Um, kids have big mouths. But also, like, don't be fucking stupid. It's a court order. And don't ask your kids to lie. Yeah. Like, all of these things are so fucked up. Like,
1: I hate when people involve children.
0: Yeah. Like, you don't, bullshit. you didn't need to. Like, it, it's w- only while you're seeing your children that you can't be around your girlfriend. Like, you really can't separate that for just a, a couple of days. Like, how often, even if he had them for half the week, your children are not more important than seeing your girlfriend. Like, just wait until your court order's over. Once your divorce is done, they can't force you to keep the kids away. Like, no. just get it over with. How about you just finish it out and stop trying to stay married? Yeah, Yeah. just stop. Because you're the one who wants to stay married but then also have this other family. Like, no. Whatever. Sorry. He's the worst. Um, Fotis actually lost shared custody because he broke the original order about not bringing the children around Michelle. So now he was only allowed supervised, supervised visitations. He was devastated at the loss of custody. His lawyer said he talked about his kids all the time and, like, was always sharing, like, photos and videos of them. And it just seemed like... His kids were his entire world. Like, he really loved his kids. Uh-huh. Although he was quoted as saying, what kind of mother would take her kids from their father? And, like, probably the one. ones that endanger their safety. I, you know, just thoughts. Sorry, back to the timeline. So, I just said that the nanny had talked to the police and confirmed that Votis was physically threatening yes. to Jennifer. The next morning at 9 a.m., Fotis was, um, supposed to be meeting an officer, um, to speak about Jennifer's disappearance. So 9am the next morning, they're grabbing the estranged husband to come in just for an interview, you know, just to chat. Yeah. He showed up at 2 47 PM, almost, almost six hours late. Did he have his lawyer? With an attorney. I knew it. I knew it. It is such (laughs) a double-edged sword. It is such a double-edged sword because here's the thing. Best advice, get a fucking attorney. Like, they're gonna fuck you over. Get a fucking attorney if they're trying to accuse you of something you didn't do. But also, if you're guilty as fuck, you're probably getting an attorney. So, it's a double edged sword. It is because that's also like polygraph tests. Yeah. I would never get
1: one. I would never get a polygraph. Yeah. But if you don't get one, you look guilty. Yes, exactly.
0: It's super fucked up. However, His lawyer says, sorry, we're not going to be helping with any of this. We're not talking. Fuck you. It's the mother of your children. Day one. Like, this is literally 24 hours after she's missing. Well, it should have been 24, but he showed up about 30 hours later. He also never made a public statement about Jennifer's disappearance. No plea for her to return, to come home. Where is she? Help us find her. You know, the typical things that people say when a loved one goes missing. Even if it were like your ex-spouse, if it's, again, your children's parent. I mean, if you, you love your want, kids
1: so much, like you claim to. Wouldn't you want them to feel better? Like, Don't you know that she was obviously a caring and loving mother? Don't you want your kids to have that caring and loving mother? Obviously, fucking not.
0: Yeah. So, they got a search warrant for Fotis's phone because that made sense. Um, and the location had him at his house in Farmington, Connecticut all morning, the morning that Jennifer went missing. Weird so no, things like that. Yeah. No way. At 7 p.m., though, his phone was in Hartford, Connecticut, making several different stops along a single road
1: not at all concerning
0: that's fine yeah so made all kinds of different stops and the cops were like perfect you know who has a lot of cameras apparently hartford connecticut they used surveillance footage these cops seem fairly competent I so feel a little better yeah they used surveillance footage from a restaurant they basically put out a call like on the radio they played it during the um documentary episode whatever this was and um they had put out like an all call on like radio stations. Like if you are a business that has a camera, we are looking for footage on this date from these hours. Can you like, please help us. And so businesses did, they wanted to help out. So this restaurant submitted footage where you can see Fotis's Ford Raptor and also a woman who matches the description of Michelle. You can watch the man who appears to be Fotis, throwing away trash bags. He also leaves a car floor mat next to, like, a gas station building. When police went to the trash can, he had thrown away 38-inch zip ties, bloody clothes, cleanup materials, including, like, sponges and stuff, and it was all blood-soaked. They called the zip ties blood-soaked. That's so much blood. and they'd already Gosh. found blood all down the side of that vehicle, remember? like oh so much blood. I said there was a, a car mat, a floor mat. There was one missing from Jennifer's car. Don't worry about that. Don't Sure it me. was nothing.
1: Sure, there was no DNA of you on there that you were worried about, and that's why you got rid of it. Yeah, sure, that's not why you disposed of it.
0: Yeah. No. at this Total point, chill. the episode says, it's obvious now that this was a murder. Now there's enough blood for it to be a murder and not just suspicious. Okay. The blood was tested. Confirmed it was Jennifer's. Michelle and Fotis were both charged with tampering with evidence and hindering prosecution. Both pled not guilty. Their bond was $500,000 and they were in custody. His defense was, prove Jennifer's dead. Nobody, no crime why so they didn't charge you with murder piece of shit yeah so here's how they started putting pieces together because that those first charges they ended up getting off on there's more oh my god yeah please tell me they're in jail okay go cool. i need so to turns out Fotus had three vehicles so they were like okay we got to pin this on him somehow we need new evidence so they went searching he had the Raptor that we saw in the video, he had a Jeep, and he had the Suburban that Jennifer drove. Mm-hmm. There was also, though, on surveillance footage, a red truck at his home the day um, of the disappearance on May 24th. And they looked into it, it turns out that truck belonged to a co-worker. The coworker had left it there, the co-worker went to pick it up at some point during the day on May 24th, truck was gone. No truck.
1: That's suspicious.
0: Yep. That co-worker's first name is Powell. So, Powell lent the truck to Fotis. Um, so now that they know that there's a red truck that was missing from Fotis's house, they look for the red truck In the on the surveillance. surveillance photo or videos. Yes. So, they find the following records at At 4.20 a.m., Fotis's phone alarm goes off. At 5.22 a.m., and they know that just from having his phone, he had an alarm set that did go off and he turned off at 4.20 in the morning on May 24th. So cool what phones record. Right? Everything. They're just a little black box. Yes. Yes. Please destroy mine if I ever
1: die. Thank you. Here's my history. Go ahead. Absolutely. My, um, no, my Kindle history, <laughs> not my web history. Oh, no, your my Kindle? Kindle history oh, my book.
0: Ashamed <laughs> of that? Can I just have it? Yeah, that works. Thanks. I'll remember you that way. Okay. Um at 5:22 a.m., the red truck was spotted on the Merritt Parkway heading from Farmington, Connecticut toward New Canaan. At 7:10 a.m., the red truck arrives in New Canaan, Connecticut. At 7.40 a.m., the red truck is caught on a school bus camera uh, near Waveney Park, which, if you'll remember, is the park her. where they found Jennifer's vehicle later. The state's theory on all of this is that he had parked at Waveney Park and then he biked to Jennifer's house, met her in the garage when she returned home at 8.05 a.m., Um, And then, of course, they had a struggle and he most likely killed her there at the house because they found the blood, the splatter, the cleanup, and there's blood on the Suburban. So the theory is then that he puts Jennifer's body into the back of the Suburban sometime in between 8.05 and 10.25. Um, At 10.25, they believe that's when he went to Waveney Park and put her body in the red truck. Because, when Fotis returned the truck, he insisted that Powell take out the seats and replace them. He did. Powell did. He took out the seats and replaced them. Did he keep the old seats? He kept them. Yes.
1: Yes. Hallie.
0: Right. Seriously, if someone ever was like borrowed my vehicle and then they came I- back and were insisted I change out my seats for something. Fuck yeah! I'd keep those. I'd bag them immediately. <laughs> <laughs> bag and tag. Bag and tag. Call nine one one. That's the one time when I'm like, I need the police. Please come get what is most definitely, definitely. murder evidence. Like some kind of evidence. Yeah, y'all need it. Fucked
1: up. So keep it. you don't know what you need it for. I don't know what you need it for,
0: but you need it. Yeah. Guess what was on the seats, Jennifer? It's about, like blood
1: not obviously not jennifer <laughs> obviously fuck off oh obviously not
0: jennifer she jennifer's was body. there
1: but like her blood
0: <coughs> yes i also wrote here um if sarah doesn't say jennifer's blood we're fighting <laughs> yes <laughs> i did not so. yeah well you kind of did yeah so Fotis and michelle are arrested again with charges of tampering related to the red truck so they have camera evidence of that red truck being in um, New Canaan, right? So at 11.09 a.m., the red truck is spotted back on Merritt Parkway, this time going from New Canaan toward Farmington. We're almost there. At 1.30 p.m., the red truck was back at home at Fotis's house. All of this on, is on camera except what happened to Jennifer's body.
1: What happened to her body? We don't know. You still don't know? They don't know? Let
0: me tell you story. Oh, sorry, sorry. You're right. fine. Fotis and Michelle made bond on those charges. Of course they did. They went home. Fotis was living as a free man, but he couldn't see his kids, seeing how he was charged with their mother's murder. Well, yeah. That's not real chill. <sighs> yeah. Most courts aren't like, you know what? Actually, you know what?
1: Courts might be like, here's a kid. You killed their mom, but here's a kid. Cause... I mean, in
0: your case, I think they would have. Correct. Um, so he was ordered, he had to stay a hundred yards away from his kids, no contact, um, like they, they showed this part in court and they were like, no letters, no phone calls, no, nothing. You cannot contact them whatsoever. And he had to agree in court that he would follow those protective orders. His lawyer said Fotis was devastated. good. And the lawyer told him like, there's literally nothing else I can do for you. Like, no, this is the evidence. These are. The the charges. Like, he was going to go to jail for it now that they had all of these pieces. I know I wrote that they made bond and went home, but that's literally the last thing they told me about before what I'm about to tell you. So, again, his lawyer told him, there's nothing else I can do for you. Fotis attempted suicide at his home in Farmington, and he was lifelighted to a hospital, and he died two days later. Ugh! So he took a lot of answers with him. Now, Michelle has still pleaded not guilty. uh, We're not sure yet if her case is going to go to trial. Um, Her family is standing by her that she had nothing to do with the murder, which for all we know could be true. The only place she is seen on camera is after the fact when he's disposing of things and from the video they showed it doesn't appear that she's disposing of anything so i think they're saying not guilty on whatever charges i don't know what her charges are i'm sorry it wasn't in there
1: well they're not going to be able to prove anything without him
0: depends on if she talks if she talks and talks about it being his like i i don't know i have no clue i mean there is a possibility she doesn't didn't know yeah there's a possibility that she didn't know what was going on we Did don't they- know do, do
1: you know? You might not know. Do, do you know? Did they do anything while they were at that in that town where they were disposing? Were they did, were they Oh, there in Hartford? F- yeah. Were they there for any other reason? Uh, that wasn't touched on. So, I'm not sure. If for some other reason, it has... If they were there for some other reason, like, I don't know, doing something together as a couple. Yeah, going maybe, to a trivia night. Maybe she didn't know.
0: Yeah. But... Like, if they never go to Hartford, and they just randomly did, and stopped by some weird gas station, and tossed some stuff out beside, and threw some stuff away, like, a few hours from home, and then went back, then I feel like I would have some
1: questions. Vishnu. If that's the case,
0: but we, we don't know. Yeah. I have no clue. I mean, we know that he was physically, um, or I'm sorry, that he was, like... Abusive. Yeah, very verbally abusive to Jennifer. There's no saying he wasn't like that with Michelle, as well. He could have been very controlling over her. I mean... We don't know. We don't know. And all of these charges against her are alleged. So we, we don't know her role in it. Um, and again, we don't even know if it's going to go to trial. So yeah. yeah, not sure what's going on. But I wanted to end on Jennifer's story with a quote from one of her friends. Again, said that Jennifer was absolutely one of a kind, the best kind of friend one could hope for. The most loyal, thoughtful, fiercely funny, loving person.
1: That's really sweet.
0: Yeah. So you remember that she also filed a restraining order and it was denied. Yes. So um, State Senator Alex Casser is working to change the legal definition of domestic abuse and expand it to include a history of emotional, psychological, and financial abuse. Jennifer's Law passed the Connecticut mm. State Senate and is now awaiting a vote from the House. They gave me goosebumps. Yep. Um, I also wanted to pop in here and just say if you are experiencing domestic abuse and need help, you can contact the National Domestic Abuse Hotline at 1 800 799 7233. That's 1 800 799 SAFE for those of us who are real old school. And you can also visit thehotline.org for help. Holy that shit. is the story of the disappearance of Jennifer Dulos. I hope you were able to follow it. <laughs>
1: they, no, you did. That was a lot of information, but a lot of good information. I'm. I hope
0: that her kids are okay. I hope so too. I don't know anything about them, but they're well. Now, they're minors. You're not going to know anything about them, right? Of course, they did say um, about her children that um, Jennifer always really wanted them to rely on each other and understand that like family is the most important, and. Um, they just said that like her kids totally embody her spirit, and it's Aww. just really cool to watch them um, continue to grow up and into the people that they're going to be, and that I mean, they really carry her. With Jennifer them. was
1: such a good person. You have to think that her parents are good people. Yeah,
0: and you have to also kind
1: of assume that they have custody. Would be my guess. I I would hope. be my guess. And I, I was think such the grandparents would. an amazing woman that they're yeah going to do great by these really kids. She really was. God damn.
0: Yeah. No, yeah, both of our cases kind of sucked.
1: They're always going to kind of suck. Yeah. doing true crime. But crime like, sucks, people suck.
0: But, like, where is her body? I want to know that, too. And there was so much blood, like, on the car. And, like, they just kept calling things blood-soaked. And I'm like, that's a lot of blood. So, do you want to take a break? Go get a drink? Yeah. Come back and talk? Yeah, sure. Okay. I can't believe that lavender is still, like, silent possibly asleep that's really great news for me because uh it would be nice if I could just like wake her up before I go to bed so that I can get a solid like four to five hours potentially
1: (laughs) listeners just if you don't know Samantha just got a new puppy yes I did on Monday night do you want to tell the full name or just what you call her no
0: I'm incredibly extra I do understand this so her name is ridiculous But I'm obsessed. Um, It is Goddess Persephone's Lavender Waffles. I have to tell you, someone that I told that to, do you know what lavender waffles are? And I was like, it's blue waffles. And unfortunately, I do. um, Because I'm a child of the internet and a millennial. So, um, yeah, no, I I understand. But lavender waffles. I'm basically just calling her lavender. Lavender. And my son is going to call her Waffles. Yes. Yeah. Actually, my dad still calls her Waffles, which is fine. I like Waffles. It's super cute. I'm just trying to train her on one name and then we'll get into nickname territory for sure.
1: I mean, you were embarrassed to tell the vet her name was Waffles. I was. So I did. just said Lavender.
0: Lavender. But once I got her, like, Lavender has felt right and she loves me so much already. That's amazing to me. Like, I didn't. I don't know. I haven't had a puppy in like fifteen years.
1: They're a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. They
0: are. But She's like... really good on potty training.
1: My dogs met the um the puppy. baby yeah. for the first time today. Yeah. They loved her.
0: Yeah. Lavender did really well with them. Um Hades tried to play like he's eighty motherfucking pounds. Yeah. <laughs> so a bitch can't play like a normal fucking oh, dog. My God, <laughs> yeah. So uh Lavender is like sixteen pounds and nine weeks old. I mean
1: She's going to be be massive.
0: Big. Yeah. So one day she'll be able to play with Hades like Hades wants to play with her. But right now. He just kind of bulldozed. He did. Oh my gosh. He just took her out and she was like, oh, I'm done. Mama. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, I'll come play with this toy over here. Please don't talk to me. She just crawled under your chair and was like, she did. Deuces. She's like hiding there now. I went to go find her outside earlier and I walked into the yard and I was like, Oh my God, she's gone, and she'd only been outside for like thirty seconds by herself, right? But I go out there and I'm like, Oh my God, my dog is gone. She's missing. I've had her two days. They're gonna take her away from me. Like I don't know how this works.
1: You're
0: extra. (laughs) Yeah, I'm aware. My dog has four names, but uh, yeah, no, she's just hiding under the chair. She's just chilling. You're hilarious. She's,
1: yeah, she's such a good pup. She is really good. She's, yeah, she's really good.
0: It. Oh. They all had fleas, ticks. Oh yeah, intestinal worms. Yeah, I mean puppies get worms all the time, even if they are like taken care of. But really, Not, neither of my other dogs had them. Really? Yeah. N- neither oh my god. Them I feel like that's super common. I mean, I don't know. Who knows? We neither of us have you know like tons of experience. We have some experience, but not a lot. Not a lot. So I just. We're not
1: adult adults. I still call my dad to adult for me when I need adult adult
0: answers. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm not lying. (laughs) No, I know you're not. I definitely like, I feel like I call my grandma a lot when I'm like at the grocery store. I'm just like, Hey grandma. Like I just want to kind of chit chat. And then I like tell her what I'm buying. You know, when I go to the grocery store, nine times out of 10, I Instacart. This was, man, I haven't been to the grocery store in a while whatever before COVID yeah basically (laughs) yeah I would go to the grocery store and like call my grandma and be like yeah so I'm making you know lasagna this week and you know I just kind of I'm talking her through ingredients and every once in a while she's like oh did you know you could do this or um you know helps you adult yeah she does she helps me at the
1: grocery store for sure you're more of an adult than I am because she helps you adult yes I make my dad adult for me yes we are different brands of adults (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm a mom too. I, I know I can adult for my son, for my son. Yeah, I, for my son, I can be the adult he needs. Absolutely. But personal choices, I'm like, mm,
0: Daddy, um, <laughs> please help me. Hey,
1: I did change a tire by myself. You did. We did Holy it together. Holy shit! Yes, but I give myself props.
0: Yeah. A oh my god. Bit of props. That sucked so hard. Like yeah. I don't. I I don't even know if I can get into all the details without like being angry and yelling. Um. But that was such a frustrating experience and, like, to go out there and know that I know how to do it, but I was literally sitting there and pulling, like, I I thought as hard as I could and I couldn't make this budge and I literally just went and, like, sat in the parking lot and wanted to cry. So, for a little bit of, like... Yeah.
1: Yeah. But just for a little bit
0: of, like... Background. Yeah, I know. I was like, we don't have to get into it. I'm going to be mad, but now I'm explaining the whole thing. Yeah. So, So, a little bit of background.
1: We were driving out of the Target parking lot and... Uh, Samantha had a pothole and popped her tire. It was the biggest fucking pothole. It I had very big. no idea. I and then we're we start to get on the interstate and I look over and her lights on and I'm like, ah shit, Samantha. Yeah. She
0: looks down. We pull into a parking lot. It was already like 8:30 or 9 o'clock at night. We had Jackson. Yeah, four year olds. Yeah, he's four and a half. Like, he. Thank goodness we'd already had dinner. Yeah, that would have sucked. I mean, I guess we sat at the Chili's parking lot. We could have just gone inside while we were waiting for the tow truck to never arrive. That's yes. fine. Yes, the fun part was is that we called AAA. AAA. They didn't. They told us. What'd they say? Uh, that it could be up to two hours. And she goes, don't worry. We always say that. But like, it's it's probably going to be m- sooner.
1: Then you got text that said 45 minutes. Yep.
0: And then an hour later, you called them back. Yeah. And they said, oh. No, it wasn't just an hour later. Oh, because you waited they, s- the two hours. Yes, we waited the two because I was like, listen, on the phone they said it could take up to two. Let's give them the benefit yes. of the doubt. Like, So I was trying to give that grace, but we yeah. called back after two hours yeah. and they were like, oh yeah, so the person who was going to take the job canceled. And I was like, um, were you not going to tell okay? me? Okay, so is someone else on the way? And they're like, no, we're still waiting for someone to pick up the job. And that's when I'm like... So, when were you going to inform me, your customer, who's sitting in a parking lot waiting for someone, that no one's coming? So, we got out of the car. We said, fuck it.
1: My husband was out of town. Yeah. Because honestly, I had to call them. i have no shame. He has another
0: car. Like, worst case scenario, we we just pile in. I probably would have sent you and Jackson home and been like, I'll handle roadside by myself. Thank
1: God you didn't do that. Correct. Because then I would have had to jump back in the, well, oh you, my god you would
0: have changed the tire on your own well no here's the thing bj would have showed up and to come get us and he would have changed the tire so that we didn't have to wait It's definitely true yeah so
1: he is proactive like that
0: yeah but we waited they didn't come me and samantha they had no good answer for me on the phone they couldn't explain why and i will say i know i've bitched a lot I did ask to escalate this situation to um, a manager. I, Karen, I get it, but I was upset that like no one had contacted me. It had been two hours. We had a toddler in the car. Like not, I, I know not toddler, but like I know that that is like a first world problem, a hundred percent. But that was not the service that. They made it sound like I was going to receive on the phone. And the fact that they hadn't reached out, right? That's the fucked up part. Right. In my opinion, that's the fucked up part. Yes, that was the part I was upset at. I was like, it's just that you didn't communicate and tell me we were waiting again. Because if you would have told me that, I would have started working on this. Like, but I adulted and I changed attire. That's what I'm going back Yeah, Yeah, that's (laughs) what the whole story is about, adulting. (laughs) Yes. Um, But yeah, no, you knocked it out of the fucking park and like people like I don't know just said like oh yeah I got this tire changed and they're like oh my god you did such a good job and I was like no my friend Sarah did such a good job like Sarah is the one who did this and full disclaimer my
1: dad taught me how to do this when I was young and I forgot so I had to watch a YouTube video judge me all you want but but
0: I didn't know where to put the jack no idea I mean, we both kind of thought that we knew where to put it, and then we very quickly realized that was not the right spot. So, you know, did some research, and, man, YouTube's there for you.
1: Yeah, right? Dude. Like,
0: YouTube. I knew Who respect. knew that there were notches under the... Like, I didn't know. Right? I, then I felt that, and I was like, oh, that's
1: that's, that's where, As you're laying in the parking
0: lot feeling just defeated as fuck at that point. <laughs> yeah, I literally laid down and was like, I'm going to fucking cry. I'm so frustrated. Well, it was like... like 11 o'clock at that point. Yeah. It was late. It was so late. Jack was so good. He was I such could not a good boy. believe. Yeah. I mean, he did end up like just passing right out. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God. Because you could have gotten technology. Way. Yeah. Because we just, what we, Hocus Pocus is what we yeah, put on. Yeah. Hocus Pocus
1: on my phone and handed him my phone and he just watched it and. Yeah.
0: Yeah, super sweet. That was, I feel like that's the luckiest part of our whole night, is that we didn't have a toddler who was, like, screaming and crying. Not that that's usually how he acts anyway, but, like... He could have. He could have. Kids' attitudes are completely unpredictable.
1: Yeah. You never know how a kid's gonna react. Nope. And uh, my son, I will say, and I am biased, but also I'm brutally honest. Yeah. He is, he's a good fucking kid. He, his heart is made
0: of gold. Like, yes. I don't know where he gets that. I'm just kidding. It's from it's, his daddy. I was like, it's not you. No, That's it's clear. his daddy. No, no. His, no. It's a um, hundred,
1: he's, he's his dad's son through and through. He's got the biggest heart and just loves with his whole heart. And I'm over there like, don't touch me. Yeah. You look at me for too long. <laughs> and my kid's like, hug To all right? these strangers. And I'm like, oh, could we not try yeah. and hug? Fucking people on the street,
0: please. Yeah. My favorite is when we're in like Walmart or something and he just turns to a stranger and goes, do you know my name? <laughs> and I try to explain to him, no, honey, they don't know your name. They're a stranger. And he just goes, my name's Jackson. And I'm like, that's not our answer.
1: <laughs> he not- gives
0: his full name. It's yes. not just
1: his first name. He gives his full name.
0: And then he starts then he's spelling it. He yes. says so He does. He's like J A C stop it (laughs) stop it we all can spell your name in our sleep not that we couldn't before but like the amount you repeat it we've got it he's a lot but I love him so much I mean every day that he does not see me I feel like I get a voice message from either your phone or BJ's phone that's Jackson telling me that he loves me and misses me and can't wait to see me yeah he did it today while we were in McDonald's drive-thru yeah listen to this shit it's so fucking cute
1: tomorrow night. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> okay. So, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> He's so exciting. cute. Well, here is a, another message from our biggest supporter,
0: Yep. and smallest fan. My little man. Take it away, Jack. Thank you so much to Cheryl and Samantha. Like and subscribe. Please leave
1: a five dollar review. Thank you.